Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is the Improv Chronicle podcast. I'm Lloydie. I think I'm way more annoying to my wife and kid now that I don't have the venue to be ridiculous every week. Last time you heard from improvisers who weren't improvising right now due to the current pandemic. Today, more voices and more reflections on what breaks can give improvisers and also if their views about improv as an art form have changed at all as a result of taking a break. And if so, how do they feel about the art form now? We start with me taking a short break. taken to walking a lot recently. I do it a lot while I'm working from home so that I can get just a little break in my day. I've also been thinking about improv way more than I've been doing it. I've done just a few online shows and taught one drop-in workshop and that's it in four months. That's unheard of for me. The walking's made me think a lot about my relationship with the art form that I love and I was really struck by how many improvisers wanted to let other improvisers know that it's okay to take a break that if online improv isn't your thing that's fine and if it is that's fine too gail is an improviser from france who performs and tours with his wife in a duo show they teach internationally together and they were touring as the pandemic hit when they cut short their tour gail did not move online Gail isn't improvising right now because he believes right now there is no improv. Improv did not transfer online. It's just we created a new art form and it just happened to have in this new art form most of the people from the old art form, which was live improv. Um, but I, I, I don't think that it was as easy as, oh, let's go online. Because it's not the same thing, it's not the same media. And and to me personally, I don't get the same, uh, yeah, the same pleasure. Um, I don't get the same pleasure as a performer, as a teacher, uh, and I don't say, I don't get any pleasure as an audience member. And I don't want to produce an art that I didn't, that I wouldn't want to watch. Do you still view like improv in the same way or has taking a break given you some kind of perspective on the on stage or the off stage aspects of improv? 
I, I have this internal struggle between uh, me admitting that online improv does not give me joy and that's the reason why I'm not doing it. So I'm saying I'm not doing it. I've taught a, a few workshops and it went really well because I designed them, I designed them for that and I, I was happy with it. Um, but I did not push further because I didn't want to uh, overdo it. Um, but I, I have this constant battle between um, me not wanting to do online improv much because I don't get joy out of it and my inner judge that is like, you're just an old grumpy man and you should adapt and change like all of these other amazing people that apparently find some joy. So it's just up to us, Gal, to find some joy. Um, so I think something that I realized is that I really signed up as an improviser, as a full-time professional improviser. I really signed up for the live art form that we used to do. And that if the world somehow in the next 10 years is uh, staying online or very distant from each other and we're not, uh, we don't have a lot of opportunities to do that work anymore, to do on live improv and not online improv. Um, I'm not sure I still want to be an improviser. I'm Catherine Steer. Um, I have two things I love doing in my life. One is my job. I'm a professional declutterer. And the other thing is improv, which I discovered six years ago. And I do a lot of it. I've been in several troops and I'm in two current ones and working on being in a duo. Pardon me going right in with linking your job and your improv, but how has it been decluttering your life of improv for the last few months? <laughs> um, well, no one could have anticipated the sudden zero level of improv, given I was doing so much. And to my surprise, it's been okay. I've actually almost not missed it, which sounds a bit sacrilegious to say. Um, but this has been a real time of, uh, it's been such an unusual time. And I've, of course, had wonderful contact with all my lovely improv friends. Um, but I think because none of us have been able to do it, really, in the way that we knew it, it's been all right. So there is a, an improv-shaped hole in your life at the moment. What have you been filling it with? Um, do you know what? I've discovered embroidery which I find mildly hilarious because it's I've, I've just never been interested really in, in sewing you stuff. But, um, uh, yeah, I've been really enjoying that. Uh, I've been reading quite a bit more. And then lolling about, drifting, poopling around the house, enjoying, I have to say, not feeling any pressure to go out. Hi, I'm Kevin Scott. Uh, I'm in New York City, where I improvise with my group Centralia. We've been together over 20 years. Uh, I teach for the People's Improv Theater, as well as internationally around the world. And I'm the host of a podcast, the Centralia Improvisational Podcast. Which I love. I'm a huge fan. Oh, good. Yeah. I started it, you know, around the time I started listening to your podcast. I'm like, I got to do an improv podcast. And it's actually one of the things that's been keeping me sane. Well, um, same here. Um, because you've you've taken a break from improv. Um, after like yes. after twenty years, what is it like not going on stage? Well, it's it's 
it's good and bad. You know, there's upsides and downsides. I like not having to worry about getting ready for a show. Not that I really worried about it. It was a ritual, but like I have a wife and a kid and not being able to spend Saturday nights with them is often a challenge. You know, we can't go away for the weekend a lot of times. Uh, Although in the last few years, I just skip shows. You know, it's something I've given myself permission to do. But this is the longest stretch since I started improvising that I haven't improvised live in a theater with an audience. It's, uh, you know, I think I'm more aware of the changes in my sort of mental rhythm or biorhythm or whatever it's called, you know, sort of that, that feeling. I had this weekly high every Saturday night that I wouldn't come down from until Monday. And then I, you know, start ramping back up again. That's gone. So I'm much more even keel, maybe. I don't know if that's good or bad. Most of what I was getting out of my weekly shows was the camaraderie. It was the companionship with my friends. I sort of always joked that it was like a pleasant night out for us. It's what we did instead of going to a pub, is we just did shows. Uh, and now I realize that really was it. This is what I do with my friends. You know, People go bowling or hunting or fishing. I get up on stage and, and make up scenes and, and, and bits in front of the public. <laughs> That's what I do for fun with my friends. So now we're just doing that on Zoom. We're, we're, we're meeting. Uh, and recently, our, our former director, a woman uh, by the name of Shira Piven out of Los Angeles, she's been guiding us in improvisational writing, where we can write together using sort of the same uh, interdynamics, some of our shorthand that we have in improv, you know, that we can write very quickly in our collective voice. Um, and we're, we're doing that once a week in lieu of doing shows. And it's been awesome. I don't know if anything's going to come out of this writing. I don't know if we're going to bottle it, rewrite it or anything. It's really just something we're doing to keep us active mentally and creatively. I think pretty much all the improvisers I've spoken to who are taking a break have still stayed in touch with most of the people they play with on stage. But when you tour internationally, your life, just like we heard earlier with Gail, is going to change dramatically if you're not improvising anymore. Hi, uh, my name is Rahel. I'm from uh, Tallinn, Estonia, and um, I do improv. I teach improv. I've been uh, teaching improv around the world lately, uh, from Australia to New Zealand to Moscow to uh, to Estonia. And I also run the International Improv Festival, Tilt, that's happening in Tallinn, usually in the autumns, but this month. And you've now taken a break from improv. I guess, you know, international travel was always going to be out anyway, let alone um, performance during this time. So what have you filled your time with instead? I have uh, really taken a break because I think also uh, different countries had different rules about um, how close you could be uh, to each other or um, if uh, and in which um, situations the performances are allowed. And uh, it felt for me that uh, because it's going to be so tricky for both the audience and and the performers, I just really uh, took my time off, uh, came to my countryside home, have been um, enjoying uh, the craft of uh, mowing the lawn with Skyth and uh, and really kind of, I don't know, planting peas and and, uh, getting uh, cherries and apples from the trees. So you've gone from kind of, I suppose, the almost artificial um, environment of a theatre right out and back into nature. Yes. Um, and also because, um, so when I, when in the middle of the pandemic, I, I came back uh, from teaching in Australia and, uh, and then I was forced to be quarantined kind of uh, for two months in my apartment. 
And uh, in the end, I felt a bit claustrophobic there already. So I was really using this uh, possibility to come to the countryside. And uh, of course, I'm still uh, here also a lot in computer, doing some work stuff, uh, but also otherwise connecting with people. Uh, but I felt that um, I'm kind of keeping the improv place still a real, real place, uh, not an internal place for myself. I imagine having a break has done quite a bit for you as as a human being has it has it also do you think done anything for you as an improviser i think uh, i hope at least um that i'm kind of developing a bit more a healthy relationship with improv because um i've been doing improv for about 10 years and uh, and we all come from the uh, yes and culture and uh, and it feels like you have to say yes all the time uh, with things connected to improv things in improv you're kind of like if you're blocking, you're, uh, you're a bad person. And, uh, and I'm kind of maybe rethinking it to myself. Uh, what, what sort of improv do I want to do? What sort of improv do I want to say yes to? Um, and also, um, what part of my life does it actually uh, take? And, and what are the other parts of my life that I can also uh, uh, give my time to? So, uh, so yeah, I think I've, I'm kind of trying to uh, set healthy boundaries. Uh, in the relationship between me and improv uh, so that our relationship can last uh, forever and ever. King and Pete are based in Hong Kong and together they co-run Hong Kong Improv, who usually run shows on a monthly basis. They're both on a number of teams in Hong Kong and they both have full-time jobs away from improv as well. Now that they aren't improvising, they're discovering a new balance in their lives and their improv is coming out in other ways. Here's Pete. Unfortunately for my uh, my girlfriend, all of my creative and weird uh, manifestations come out at home and drive her crazy. Oh man, what about <laughs> you, King? I have tried to fill the gap with um, a an increased amount of gaming um, and increased amount of reading, actually, um, because I, I I'm I'm a lawyer and usually. Because like there's a lot of documents at work already. I, I don't I haven't done leisure reading honestly in years, and and sort of now this is the time for me. And I'm I feel I have time to actually sit down and do some actual leisure reading, um, and I start chipping away at that at that reading list I've had for a while. I guess improv can be a little all consuming at times. Has has it given you a kind of a uh, some contributors have said it's given them kind of a sense more of like wanting a bit more balance between their improv life and the rest of their life how how do you both feel about that uh, we we, uh, we don't do uh improv or or comedy and such full time we, we've always had somewhat of a balance just because we have full-time jobs but like you said though uh, we, we also uh as hong kong improv run uh the hong kong improv festival so there's always something, like you said, going on, and it's always the next show and marketing and different promotion and, and graphics and, and just trying to train up new teams. And then, so I think, yeah, having this little break, it, it does give some perspective to say, okay, you know what, May, everything's going on still and the world hasn't stopped because we're not doing improv. Uh, so, yeah, maybe the, getting more of a balance, like you said, it, it does – it does come into perspective that way, yeah. Um, yeah, and as for me, I, I've always been a huge proponent of um, uh, improv is is a reflection of how how you've experienced life, and um, the fact like this happened, and 
it's hard to it, we can't put on live shows at the moment i i've really actually enjoyed the fact uh i can step away from from organizing stuff i mean i like performing i like training but i can step away from actually organizing things it's i feel it's been really um it's been really relaxing and and in a way i've i felt uh it's a very good way to recharge um sort of just have some new experiences meet some new people online offline whatever it is um to to recharge uh i think life in general so that when i when we go back i'll probably have more material at least that's what i'm hoping it is there are real benefits to taking a break but people can sometimes feel conflicted when they do here's gail again improv is is part of my life and i'm and i'm pretty all right with taking a break but it, it, i also feel a lot of shame and guilt saying it it feels to me because the people that have been going online are claiming out loud and very loudly that uh it's because they are improvisers that they can adapt and and look at how amazing being an improviser is because it makes you change so quickly from one thing to the other and uh, going online is the proof that improv is healthy for us uh the side effect of that i i partly agree with that but the side effect of it is that me not going online uh makes me feel super 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 guilty and ashamed to not be an actual improviser <laughs> because i cannot oh, adapt man. and i cannot um uh, change and i think i'm not i i'm probably not the only one and and i guess i just want to to share that it's all right uh i i'm sharing it for myself for hearing myself saying it but also because i think the more the more we are we're talking about it the the um, the easier it will be for people because the people we hear about are the people that went online. So we have the feeling, I have the feeling to be the only human being that is an improviser and that did decide to take a break from improv um, because the people that decided to take a break, we don't hear about them on Facebook and on Instagram and whatever. Uh, we hear about the people that, that decided to do that thing that is online improv. So. Yeah, I guess I just want to share that if you if you listener are taking a break or have taken a break, that's all right. You're not a lesser improviser. King is excited that improv is still cropping up, even when it's not in a structured show environment and even when people aren't necessarily expecting to improvise. Where, I, where improv people will do other things online, but then because they're improv people, they will they can't resist improvising, say they're playing games or they're streaming mm -hmm. and usually say if we're playing games it'll be just games um now we can't resist sort of turning that into the stage and then so that that has become i think and i know some some people have sort of made that into their art form so it's not just improv but it's improv uh, you blend it in with something else and then you express it but the improv element is still there that I, I do that part element I definitely feel has grown and I do appreciate that because it's sort of it's using improv as a skill, but not as the art form itself. Rahel is definitely looking forward to getting back off her break. It, it's as as if I was apart from a person that I really truly love and I know that I'm going to meet with them again. So uh, I'm very much uh, waiting for this meeting, uh, but also um, maybe I've reevaluated uh, some of the ways that. 
either kind of I set up doing improv, either it's a class or it's a show or it's a group. Uh, what are the ways that I want these groups to work with uh, work like and uh, and um, how do I want people to feel themselves in the workshop so that um, each and every uh, moment kind of becomes important again so that we're not just doing it because it's a regular Thursday we meet up we do things uh, or hey someone said let's do improv jam so we're gonna do it um, now um, during this time I've done a few improv workshops also and uh, and doing each one of them now means so much more because they're they're so scarce. So uh, so now um, I, I'm hoping when going back I'm going to be really kind of um, really focused on each everything that I do and and not maybe just kind of do them because I have to do them or because hey someone said let's do something. And Kevin thinks his approach to improv is going to change as well. I want to take more of a Zen approach to it, you know, of just just being present, having no agenda to entertain, uh, just really appreciate the fact that I'm with my friends, with an audience, in a space, which I took for granted for so long, but I'm sure when we're back, it's going to feel so special to do it again. Um, in the same way that if you were to have a pint with friends for the first time after lockdown, how it would feel like the best pint you've ever had. It did so, when I did that. <laughs> right? Yeah. So... It's going to feel, I'm sure it's going to feel really, really special. And what I'd like, you know, what I, the way I'm thinking about improv as an art form now is, is less of, uh, you know, a means to express an idea I've already had, but just really be in the moment and try and create something in that time for the people that are there, which, you know, I've always been aware of that's a part of improv, you know, I mean, it's for most people, I think that's the most important thing. Um, you know, but I always saw maybe a 60-40 and 60% of my intention was to be funny and be entertaining and put on a good show. And I think that sh it's going to shift. It's already shifted mentally, but hopefully it'll shift in practice and it may be flipped the other way. That it's mostly going to be a Zen approach with a little bit of that, I need to get my voice out there kind of a thing. And if you're thinking, can a break benefit me? Take a listen to Catherine. Taking a break can be a really good thing because I think the mind subconsciously just does still continue to mull things over and things will still be percolating. I haven't stopped learning because I've stopped doing improv for a while. I think everything, all the accumulated learning is still filtering through uh, my body, right, all through to brain and cellular level. And so that when we do return and we're able to do it, I'm able to do it live again. Um, I think I'll be that much more uh, accomplished because it, I've had this time just to let things drift and filter and see eyes, just watch life through an improviser's eyes who's not doing improv at the moment. And that matches Pete in Hong Kong's view as well. Uh, good, good improv comes from life experiences. And by having a chance to take a break, it's giving everyone a chance to explore what else is inside. Uh, yeah, like you said, when you came in, I was talking about my battle with the aphids, with the garden. <laughs> 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 but, but, you know, but this, this is something that I would never have thought of or would have had going into a scene. So there's extra characters now, extra, extra tools in my toolkit. Next time on the Improv Chronicle podcast. 
Physicality, to me, it's more than just moving your body. It's about creating a sense of the environment. So it's really a lot more about being affected by things that are happening. Physicality in improv, usually a rich topic, but how do we address it when we're improvising in little boxes on Zoom? The Improv Chronicle podcast is produced and hosted by me, Lloydie James Lloyd. You can do an amazing thing right now and help this podcast by subscribing and rating us on your favorite podcast app. And if you have an idea for a future episode, go to improvchronicle.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.